The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking... To another edition of Who Is? I am your host, JP John Paz from the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. And of course, joining me is my tag team partners, the great duo of Mr. J and RBV. First, let's welcome in Mr. J himself, the doctor, Michael Jargo. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Paz. I'm doing good, man. I, I think we got a good topic today. And I, I think there's actually going to be some uh, interesting conversation around this one because. There, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but you know what I'm most looking forward to today, pause. No Hulk Hogan. No Hulk Hogan this week. Damn no Hogan. Damn it. I'm Come on. Tickled. Damn it. And the third man in the booth, Mr. HMG, Mr. TMPT, Mr. RBV, Mr. Rio de Janeiro. What's going on? Hey, you know, just great memories are going back to that classic tournament. Uh, wait, is that on the cock? You can go back there and watch when, when Pat Patterson unified all of those belts to create what we've come to know today as the Intercontinental Championship? Come on. Or, or did I dream come that? On. You dreamed did it. I dream that? Okay. You dreamed Thinking, though, of Oh, and, and, for, and for Jargo, though, not to, you know, to really upset you, but I can see where Hulk Hogan's going to come up in this conversation multiple times, uh, just not in the running for the prize this week. Right. So obviously the topic today, who is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time? The greatest IC champ, intercontinental championship created in Rio de Janeiro, supposedly, in the WWF in the late 70s. The only thing to me is, okay, it's a made-up tournament. Okay, it's completely silly and all this other stuff. Back then, you get away with it. Nowadays, you'd never be able to get away with it. But do you consider Pat Patterson one of the greatest IT champs? Is he on your list? We'll start with uh, the doctor himself. He did make my list. He had one reign, 223 days. I mean, I, I, that's when you actually look at the numbers for the Intercontinental Championship, a lot of these reign numbers I thought would be higher. A lot of the total yeah. days held I thought would be significantly higher. Yep. But 223 days with one reign with the IC belt, I think that qualifies him, especially considering that that was establishing that belt out of the gate. RBV, do you consider him one of the greatest, or he's just the first? He's not one of the greatest. 
Well, I, you know, as Jarko lays out there, I, he is – I mean, you're laying the groundwork for this this championship. You're, you're looking for that perfect complement to your, your your world, your heavyweight, uh, and absolutely for a run out of the gate like this. I don't necessarily know if it propels Patterson near the top of my list, but, yeah, I mean, you, you have to appreciate everything that he's done there, and he's in this conversation. Yet, I mean, we have to acknowledge uh, what he meant to that title. And, you know, again here is – I think Jarvis said just before we got on the air here, going round and around, you try to measure as we're weighing, you know, the greatest, and we're looking at these resumes here, you know, it, how well, how did they impact that championship? Did they elevate it? And, I mean, hell, you just don't elevate it here. You establish it. You lay the groundwork for everybody that was going to come that we're going to continue to talk about. So when I think of greatest intercontinental champions, I know it's a gimmick. But I always think of him first, and I don't know, maybe he'll be number one on my list, but I got to mention him first because that is, quote-unquote, the gimmick, and he had the longest reign of all time. Jargo's going to disagree. He is cool. He's cocky. He's bad. He's the honky-tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Jargo. This is one of those times where if you say a lie enough times, it has the potential of coming true, and that is very much the honky-tonk man is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. It was a joke, ladies and gentlemen. It was a rip, <laughs> all right? You, you, you can quit regurgitating that. It's, it's been said for decades at this point, and it's almost become true. It's ridiculous how it's it, like a perfect example of a work turning into a shoot, right? Like I've got honky-tonk in my top 10, but number one absolutely not i just can't do it i cannot do it i hated the honky tonk man and i'm not sure in hindsight looking back if it was good heat or not yeah you're supposed to hate him though yeah come on saying, I, but- I know and that's what made him so great you say top 10 and i, I think maybe well, he's got to be in that top five conversation here well, here's my thing though right like there's a difference between good heat and bad heat and honky tonk man do we lose jargo he is freezing on us. Right he froze now. on us here. It looks like the honky tonk man got a hold of the feed. Yeah. Uh, hit him with that. Uh, what was this? What was it? The uh, the shake rattle and roll. Shake <laughs> rattle and roll. Right here. Uh, jump it. You know what Jargo was talking about there. And I, I I don't think it was the wrong kind of heat. I mean, it was as he said. You know, it, it was a rib that became the gimmick that generated tons of heat. Pause. You, you got to remember. I mean, this guy. He was, you know, running those B shows. People were filling those buildings just to see him get his ass beat. And then when he would somehow weasel out of there, you know, a count out, a disqualification, whatever the case might be, and he'd weasel out of that arena with that belt to the next town, and, man, that 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 heat just swept across the country with him. Think about it, though. He's saying he hated him. He's saying he's not the greatest Intercontinental champion. I think it worked, though. I think that – Honky Tonk Man saying that and, and saying I'm the greatest. I think it worked on Jargo. He fell hook, line, and sinker. And, and I know, it, 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 you know, thinking back on it, he might be looking at it now uh, from a different perspective all these years later. Back then as a kid, I hope he gets back here so he can he can talk to this. Yeah. Uh, but there's no way that he was just sitting there thinking like, oh, I just really, you know, he was. it wasn't like he was turning the channel for the Honky Tonk Man. And, right. and, and you loved each and every week. You know, in Honky Tonk Man, where you didn't see – a lot of the big stars in, you know, like in the weekly matches, big matches, Honky Tonk Man would work the other stars like on the challenge and the superstar. Uh, so he put, he put in his hours for, you know, the title that has become known as for the workhorse. 
And as and, I said, you know, very successful at the at the box office at the gate. You know, when he when he was headlining his his shows in the those towns. And the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. S- I don't single, record. Single, yeah, single reign, run, single reign. Yeah, I don't know if that uh, streak or whatever that record will ever be broken. I mean, not the way that they hot potato those things today. It's interesting because a couple of years ago, New Day somehow beat Demolition's reign. I was like, oh, they're probably going to have somebody beat Honky Tonk. Nobody has beaten it. It's just crazy after all these years. I mean, we're coming up on, what, 32, 33 years that record's been uh, been safely held, basically. So pretty awesome, the Honky Tonk man. He's, at least Jargo said he's on his top 10. Thank God. I was afraid he wasn't going to be on his list. You know what I mean? I was a little, a little nervous sometimes. Let's see here. What, what was Honky? What was his his run? How many did how many days did he hold that thing? Oh, it was over three sixty five. He it was uh, at least a year as champion. I know that he's back. There he is uh, now, Jargo. Is, we we were calling you out here on this thing, and I, and well, me. There, there's no way that six seven year old Jargo was changing the channel because of the honky talk man. I think it, it had to been heat. Change no, the channel heat. I hated him. I hated him. Four hundred fifty four days in a continental champ. Wow. As, as we were saying, Jarg, I mean, it's, it, I mean, not even, it, I mean, as, as the rib became the gimmick and it generated that heat, I mean, look how long, I mean, how long after he left WWE, after he lost that title, after he, you know, left wrestling, is that still a thing? You know, that's the, that's still getting paydays. Yep. Yeah. The originator of, of go away heat for me. I mean, like the, the, the originator of the piss break match, like I just, could not do honky talk, man. So, so is that a new thing here? Honky heat, honky, honky heat. heat. There you go. So, another guy that always kind of comes up. We talk about the IC title. A guy we pretty much bring up every show. Brett, the Hitman Hart. Is he one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time? Ooh, you you kind of let me down there, Paz. I thought you were going to go with the obvious transition uh, when you were talking about the honky honk man. But I know you'll get to him. Uh, and I think everybody knows who we're talking about, but. Uh, not yet. Bre- not yet. Bre- Bret Hart to me is one of those guys. As I was, and I went round and round this week. I, I love this topic here, and you know, I, I probably made like three or four different lists, and I had different criteria for how I was going to put them together before we got to air. And one of those things in there, like I wanted to look at the impact on the title, what you did as champion, and I wasn't going to look at how what you went on to your other accolades, things like that. I wasn't going to use that as a pro. But unfortunately, for a case like Bret Hart, I use it as as a con and you know against him in this argument because while he was a great inter- Intercontinental Champion, I mean that match with Piper when he took the belt at WrestleMania eight was absolutely incredible, one of the best matches at WrestleMania, especially for the undercards. Bret is a world champion; just it, it massively outshines his run as an Intercontinental Champion to me. So I, I hold that against him a little bit. I know you wanted me to go warrior there, but come on, let's 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 wait on him a little bit. He's he's not he's not. A... I, wanna, I just want to make sure we get to the warrior before my internet drops out. Okay, <laughs> dude, that wasn't my internet. That, that that was not the problem. My entire computer decided to reboot itself. Oh, um, good old technology. Yeah, God bless it. Right. Um, the I, I do have computers got some honky heat with you. <laughs> I do have Brett on my list, but. I, I, to kind of go along with what Rick was saying, one of my prerequisites was, do I remember you as Intercontinental Champion? And, like, I remember Brett winning the belt, 
but it, the the purpose of the Intercontinental Championship has so many different meanings, like what that belt can represent. It's the workers' title. It's somebody that we're trying to elevate. It's the belt that can go out and steal the show. And it's like, what what was the Intercontinental Championship being used for? And for Brett, it was a stepping stone. It wasn't about you know the the reign as Intercontinental Champion. It was more about elevating Brett up the card, and it worked. And, but so I have. Brett on my list, but not high on my list. Interesting, though. The SummerSlam 91 and 92 moments are two huge moments for the IC belt. And put him, you know, really put 91, put him on the map, and a perfect match is so memorable. 92 puts the Intercontinental Championship in the main event of a show that also had uh, Warrior and Savage on the undercard. Pretty amazing. Uh, but there, you know, there's other. You look at the other factors that are playing into that thing. It's it's location. It's the competitors that kind of moved it there. It, it wasn't necessarily that, that the title was so hot at the time. And it, again, and, and it's not to it take anything. Prop. It's not to it take anything prop. away from what Bret Hart did. You know, he was a great Intercontinental Champion. But you know, Jargon are saying there. When I think Bret Hart, probably like. Keep going down, down that the list. Yeah, go, yeah go down that. Go down to that checklist. And it's, you know, it's five, six, or seven things down that list. So wanted to also mention, since we're talking about Brett, got to talk about Mr. Perfect. Where do, where do you rank him? What do you think of Mr. Perfect as far as that? Two reigns, 406 days. Now, when I think of guys that were defined by the Intercontinental Championship when we were kids, it was Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Like, like Honky Tonk Man might have had that belt for freaking ever. But when I think of the Intercontinental Champion of my childhood, it's around Mr. Perfect's waist. Like that guy was, he was the intercontinental champion and he was the best worker on the show and everybody knew it. He had a personality that was very, very easy to hate, but yet you were just so drawn to Kurt Henning. I have Mr. Perfect pretty high on my list. Uh, I'm going to agree. I got him near the top of my list. And this is somebody you immediately, when you start looking at, you know, the number of things and, and what it could mean to so many people, what the Intercontinental Championship means. I mean, Mr. Perfect merely, he clicks off every one of those. He checks on every one of those lists. And it, and unfortunately, as we were talking about with Brett, you know, he had the opportunity to go on to greater things as a world champion and, and so many main events, headliners, uh, one of the biggest names in the world. Unfortunately for someone like Mr. Perfect, this, was, this is where he kind of plateaued. Uh, and again, we would have loved to see greater things from him, but what he represented there as the perfect champion, uh, the best athlete, as Jargo said, I mean, he, the guy just looked like a superstar. He didn't need overly size, but he just he looked like a professional athlete. And he he was he was the first like master of all crafts. Like he could talk, he could work, he had the look. Like he, he was the perfect pro wrestler. Now in the eighties and early nineties, these guys. Any other era maybe could be world champion. I know obviously some of them will become world champions or like perfect was champion elsewhere like AWA, but you weren't going to be the world champion because the Hulkster is there. There you go for the Hulk Hogan reference. So there's going to be the other guys that are really going to be the work rate guys or we're really going to elevate the title. There's going to be kind of that, that one B or whatever one, a one B kind of guy with the IC title, maybe mixing the main event once in a while, maybe not. So, when you think about another guy that I'm thinking about, and he was a huge part of the WWF, huge draw. We mentioned him plenty of times in the show. What about the macho man, Randy Savage, who had one reign of 414 days? So before uh, Honky Tonk Man, he had one of the longest reigns. I think what's so what's so unique 
uh, about the, about Macho Man there is at this point you have an IC champion that that absolutely rivals your heavyweight champion mm-hmm. in this case. Uh, and Macho, I don't have, have all those figures there, but I, you know I got to believe he's up there. He's probably when he's running his shows, he's headlining his towns. Probably damn near close to the numbers that you'd see with the A card. Well, he Hogan obviously brought him or saw him, brought him in, and said this guy is money, and like, okay, move him up the card. I want to work with this guy. So you, you know, like that was going through his mind when he's looking at that. And, and as we talk about, you know, these and what I, you know, what I would really consider the, the golden era for the Intercontinental Title, and it is, you know, your Hogan's got the main title, and, and for a lot of these guys, the, the best you're going to do. Let's say the best you're going to do, but it's it's your opportunity to make the the IC title shine. So you and that's one of the other criteria here that I was looking at is how did you hold up against the Hawkster? And in that case, I don't think any. I mean, you look at probably uh, what you know what you see so regularly today was a, a divided crowd. You didn't see that it was so rare back then, and Macho was so hot, so incredible, and that run as the IC champion put him there that it, it split that audience between Hawkster and, and Macho. I've got Macho Man number three on my list. Oh, okay. All right. Um, That run with the Intercontinental Championship, it wasn't a mid-card title, right? I mean, and and that helps both the Intercontinental Championship as well as the Macho Man as he was moving up the card. But it wasn't a mid-card title at that point. It was a 1A and a 1B main event. And you could tell very early on, even with the Intercontinental Championship, oh, this is going to lead to Macho Man Hogan. Like, you could just tell, like, okay, this was the symbol that the the company's getting behind him. Macho Man's going up the card. It is just a matter of time until we get Macho Man Hogan. And, you know, back then you could take five, six years to build up to it, whereas now it would have been done in about six minutes. And I really think, too, that's an awesome point, Jargo, but, you know, even before they enter a program together, before we see the formation of the Mega Powers and mm-hmm. the, these these two top superstars coming together, I mean, th- those kind of rumblings were the fans were talking about. Because, you know, I remember, you know, my uncles and, and my dad and their buddies all wanting that match, like, right after WrestleMania three. Yep. <laughs> they, they started talking about, hey, you know, at some point here, this, this thing's going to come to a head. These guys are going to throw down. And obviously then, you know, it was all about WrestleMania. So they were just counting down the years uh, to would get it. And it would come a two-year kind of story there. And I mean, they could have done basically the ultimate warrior thing with Macho Man, right? Like you could have done champion versus champion. Like you, you, I felt like Macho Man was on the same level as Hogan. It was just they were holding two different belts, right? Like, I mean, Macho Man was that far up the card at that point. Definitely. That, that, isn't it? Isn't it funny though? As, as we're talking about that, is wasn't it the, the the story going around? I think they've told this multiple times. Is that they went with Macho in the tournament because Honky Tonk Man would not drop that Intercontinental Title to him. So it was there rumblings that maybe in their minds that they did think maybe going into WrestleMania Five we were going to have a champion versus champion, or maybe that was a plan for four somewhere in there that they were going to that they were thinking about that and going back to the, the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, the Honky Heat. Uh, that it, maybe he derailed that. Ted DiBiase tells a great story, like, okay, I'm going to win the world title. 
nope, they end up giving me the million dollar belt. Yes, that, okay, Savage yeah. is going to go this that, way. That's what it was. And, and then Honky's going to go this way. Like there was a whole, basically those three guys between Savage, DiBiase, and Honky all had their uh, plans changed. But I have to figure too, Hogan had something to do with that because he wanted that Savage feud. I mean, you could just tell he knew. Like, he knew it was, was money. Yeah, he knew that was going to draw him the most money. Well, I think there's no doubt know, about it. Kind of going back and looking at that, there, they, they maybe they were going to they go with DiBiase in the tournament, and you need that big match for SummerSlam, so you could have gone back to Hogan there, Although then start point, building. Mania was always the the babyface goes over too. It's like mm-hmm. DiBiase is going to win that big tournament at the end of the night, I and mean, the babyface WrestleMania. That's usually the way the WWE formula worked, especially back then. So it's better to have a babyface go over, I think. Yeah, and then you still had your uh, your buddy. He had to pose. Hogan must pose even with Macho with the belt. But that told a great story with Macho and Liz and the it all It all worked out. What about, speaking of Macho, a guy that he beat for the IC title, what about Tito? Tito Santana, he had two reigns, 443 days, great IC champion, great worker. The thing, too, is always had great feuds. Him and Valentine had an awesome feud. And, hell, Greg Valentine is another guy I wanted to mention, too, for a great IC champion. But man, like Tito, he's got to be up there, no? Yeah, I, and I think the thing with both Tito and Greg Valentine that hold them back is just the personality. Like, they were the old-school workhorses that could go out there and give you the 20, 25-minute match, but you didn't really cut, trust either one of them to cut a promo that was more than 30 seconds long, you know, which was great, but it, it very much felt like a mid-card championship to me at that time. And I think it was just the personality. I think that's what was missing with both of those guys and the difference between really, really good and great. 285 days for that reign for Valentine. That's why I loved the title back then because it wasn't flip-flop. Like We're going to mention a few guys later on that had the title for such a short amount of time. It's just like flip-flop, flip-flop, flip just. I hate that. But you go back then, it's like, okay, Savage had it for 400 days. Honky Tonk had it for 450. Valentine, 285. Tito had two reigns at 450. I mean, it's just, I mean, that is kind of what I think of the IC title as being not only a work rate title, but the guys could actually hold on to it, defend it, keep it for a while. I don't know. I, I, I just think the, the title was devalued over the years, but that era, I loved it. Tito and Valentine and Savage. I mean, whew, these guys are all amazing amazing talents well a a great example of what you're talking about chris benoit four reigns for a total of 142 days you know versus tito holding it for over 402 reigns yep Uh, with santana man uh i guess you didn't need it you didn't need a big promo you just got to get fired up the arriba brother that that, that would have you going that would have you ready uh to get behind the guy like you said though uh, a tremendous workhorse and it could work so many different styles and especially for his time, that that big energy, uh, he'd he'd get up and down. He you know he'd leave that feet. He was flying around that ring, which was so different. Now I, it's, we talk about you know this kind of this generation, this era of the title itself. Did it hurt that it was that it's pre WrestleMania? They didn't. We don't have the exposure, and at this point, it's so territorial. Especially with Valentine, I feel like I feel like that's a big part of the reason that his reign is so understated was because that was really the big boom of nationwide TV. Absolutely. And, and like those guys didn't get the the big WrestleMania one match for the IC title that you thought they would have because they were feuding at the time. So you you would have thought you would have gotten uh, Valentine and Tito having a big blow off feud or just even a big match. 
at uh, Mania, but instead you got Tito against the Executioner, who who was Buddy Rose, and you got um, Valentine against JYD. Just it was weird that like the big blow off could have been WrestleMania one, and then uh, maybe we think about them both differently, but just wasn't there. It was kind of uh, both in throwaway matches, which was weird for those two, given how much they meant to the company. Even even though it was the mid card, but they meant a lot to the company at that point. But you also have to look at the top of the card at that point too. Oh, loaded. And, 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 you know, kind of going with what Jargo was saying there, you know, when you you get that, you, you look at the sports entertainment aspect. And even before we knew what the hell that was, I mean, that, that existed inside of Vince's mind and his vision for that company. And in many ways, you know, as great as, uh, as talents as uh, Tito and Valentine were, they, they didn't have that, that flash and that flair. And they, you got to believe maybe inside the company internally, they're not highlighted inside that IC feud there because they see a new vision and a new direction for that championship at the time. What about a guy like Rick Rude? I know it was a, it was a small run, it's only 150 days, but and we'll, we'll get to Warrior right after that, Rick. So we're just relaxed. But what about Rick Rude? I always think he's kind of equated. Such a great hand at that point. Obviously, you know he, he could be and was a world champion later on, but he's one of those guys where it's like, man, Rick Rude's got to be considered no one of the greatest. I was floored when I saw Rick Rude one reign for 150 days. Seemed because, way longer and way more established as the IC champion. Yeah, very much so. And I think there was so much of that that was just the presentation, right? Like, you remember the tights. You remember the entrance. You remember the, him taking off the robe, and there was the championship. Like, he really made the Intercontinental Championship a huge part of his act. I couldn't believe it was only 150 days. It felt like he had that belt for three years. Isn't that crazy? Well, it's you know it, it was just that run from WrestleMania to SummerSlam, and you know it, and it it is one of the forever lasting moments in my mind as a young fan. Uh, you know, maybe one of the, the earliest times that I cried when Heenan grabbed that, that damn weasel, grabbed the warrior's leg on that pullback over the top rope, and they steal the belt to the, the Heenan family, takes off with it. Love some Rick Rude, one of my all-time favorites, uh, classic in, in every sense. But when we're talking about him as Intercontinental Champion, it was to facilitate the warrior. It, it was the money is in the baby chase. And that inside of itself was a great program with those two leading back to SummerSlam uh, where where Warrior would regain the championship. Rude. It's my favorite Warrior program. Like, I, I, I know, like, the WrestleMania 6, Sky Dome, Toronto, champion, champion, title for title, blah, 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 blah. But when I think of, like, the good times of the Ultimate Warrior, it's that Rick Rude feud. It's up there, man. The the the, the career ending match, the the career versus career versus Macho is probably the best program he was in for for me. But uh, what my my fondest memory of Rick Rude is the Intercontinental Champion. But besides the, the devastation breaking my heart, I love how he how he used it when he went to WCW and said the reason he was leaving the WWF is because his Intercontinental Champion, he was the number one contender, and Hogan was dodging him the whole time. I loved how they how they played into that, and that was what fired him up and fueled him to go right to the top when he went to WCW. And there, was, it the, was it the International World Heavyweight Champion that he had there first, Paz, and then they, then they reunite, they uh, unified him? Technically, he's NWA champion, but he's really was the international heavyweight yes. championship, which yes. definitely counts to me. He's a world champion for sure. It definitely counts. What about the Ultimate Warrior? 
going back here, and we were talking about Macho to be that that first big rival to the top guy. Uh, I think what really is in favor of of Ultimate Warrior is not just a rival, but he was the one that equaled and maybe surpassed uh, by a good margin there for a while over Hulk Hogan's popularity. And, you know, if they had other plans, you know, for, as we talked about with Macho and Hogan there, those didn't come. Well, we could just been pulling those out of, you know, out of our rear ends right now, but we actually did get that with Warrior. Uh, I, I thought he is, I don't have him at my one spot, uh, but he's in those top names for me as an Intercontinental Champion. I mean, what he did to elevate that thing and really, he kind of changed, he, he redefined the Intercontinental Championship in his own manner. Instead of, you know, as all these guys were talking about, they go out there and give you 20-minute classics. You didn't need that with Warrior. You just had two minutes of energy, and it was awesome. And that was the thing that completely made Warrior, right? Was was just that 100% pure adrenaline from the time the music hit until the time the match was over. Um one of the things about warrior that absolutely put elevates him for me was the way that he incorporated the championship into the gimmick. Like it was where it was like, you know, the straps changing colors every week to match his gear, you know, like it, it gave the intercontinental championship personality too, you know? So I do have warrior pretty high on my list. And, and he, uh, was the man that ended your, uh, your honky heat, man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Man, how, awesome, how awesome was a moment of that? I mean, totally unexpected. Get, these, get me somebody out here, anybody to wrestle. And it, it, oh, man. You, 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 one of those pop moments, man. Squashed one of those yeah. pop and moments. MSG, yeah, squashed him. Good stuff. Crowd loved it, though. Absolutely. And Honky had no problem putting him over. So you got to give uh, Honky uh, props there. You got to give him some credit. So it's just another name to throw out there. I know it's funny to look at his reign very 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 short maybe too short but so many people associate him with the icy belt because of beating macho man at wrestlemania 3 and that is ricky the dragon steamboat where's where's ricky on your list or is he not even on there because of the short reign i have ricky at like number 20 on my list because oh, like well well that well i mean there's a, there's a lot of really really good names on the list i mean you know but i mean one reign for 65 days like it, that might be so memorable though it might be one of the greatest championship wins, but to make him one of the greatest intercontinental champions, no, not so much. I got to agree with everything you said there. I mean, as we're looking at the impact, the run as a champion there, obviously, yes, you know, people still to this day talk about the win. They really talk about the win itself, or they just talk about the match and the performance by everyone there. You know, it's, you don't see when we're talking about great moments at WrestleManias, they say the match. It, it they never they don't say the win. But it's funny, so many people equate him a picture of him with the icy belt. So many people equate him as the intercontinental champion. It's just crazy to think that the reign was that short. And if you listen to you know all the stories, it was gonna be originally longer, but he had a baby. He wanted. He just. He wanted to take time off. Fans hated that. So guess what? Not only do you lose a honky tonk man in a shocking fashion, but we're going to give him a long run, and you're never going to see the belt again. And when you come back, you're going to have to walk a kimono dragon to the ring. <laughs> well, even in WrestleMania, and you're going to be a, a fire blower as well. <laughs> even though you think about WrestleMania four, he should have beat uh, Valentine in that round, but no, Valentine beats him to give the rematch with Savage, and they don't do it. It's crazy. Uh, I- 
is that still did that still was that still from that heat because i know they weren't happy when he left when he asked to go you know spend time with you know with his family i i think what it was is vince knew it was money and he didn't want to give it away like he didn't he didn't feel like he needed to like he could save that for another show and then they just never did it well you go look at those and you get the excitement you know people are oh this could this could be happening and you get that little bit of that wow factor i mean you go and look i mean it's a 16 man tournament a lot of those matches are only going four or five minutes right but it would have been cool to get that rematch savage steamer from the wrestlemania three what about the Rock, Don Morocco. We'll talk about the other Rock too. But what about you know, Don you know another reason you don't want to do that because you don't want to you don't want to take anything away from Savage getting that build. You don't want to split that crowd on him anywhere in that bracket. That's a good point too. Okay, all right. But what about uh, Don the Rock Morocco as greatest IC champ? One of the longest reigns uh, of all time, obviously, and he's had two reigns for five hundred forty-one days. A lot of people equate him with the IC belt. So I mean, a lot of thought process to some old school fans that he might be one of the best what do you think about Don Morocco there's a few of these names that are on the list that I I just haven't seen that much of and Morocco is one of them uh Pedro Morales is another one of them it's like I know he was a great intercontinental champion to reign 614 days but I I bet you I could count on one hand the number of matches I've seen and I, I feel like Morocco is kind of in that same category for me. But I do have him on the list just because, I mean, you, you can look at the matches. You can look at the star ratings. It's just it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Valentine as, you know, TV is kind of expanding while he has the championship. And the guys that were before that, I just didn't see enough of them to form that great of an opinion. I think what hurts in the case, it's one hundred percent right. You know, before we get that TV boom where we're getting familiarized with the, all these superstars on a weekly basis and all this, and I know we all, you know, we like fancy ourselves a little bit historians, but it, it's one of those cases where you've got to go out of your way to find, you know, not just matches, but you know, to get yourself invested in the storylines and programs they had going on. You know, Rucker, he looked, he was incredible. I mean, he looked like a pro wrestler. You were, he, he's one of those guys. You, if you just happen to see him, that guy's a pro wrestler. And he and he knew how to use you know bring the, the flash and the flare into his game. You know he he was one of those early ones to have those those crazier looks. You know so he was he was not just superstar. He was over the top. He was outlandish in many cases. I would say the number one drawback is you know we were talking about for like Macho and Warrior and how they compared to Hogan. I think what really hurts Morocco is there was a huge difference between the, the champs at that time and himself you know it's funny is as, as you're sitting there talking and i'm, I'm wondering about this now I th- it's so weird that like i can go back and watch like new japan from the 70s i can go back and watch a lot of the different territories throughout the course of the 80s and everything before the national expansion but i never really sit down on the network and go back and watch like early wwf early wwwf i'm always like going around to the other territories and stuff i never really go back to that new york territory for one reason or another i think it's i think it's true too i i don't and i believe me i've I've been watching now going back and watching daily i'm watching two or three hours of the different territories but whatever reason i don't think about that territory and i wonder it's just because Because it's just maybe it's just subconsciously because we just accept them as now, you know, the number one, the global phenom that they are. And we're just relating that it's always been that way. 
it's like I, I just never go back and watch like the pre-WrestleMania era of the WWF for one reason or another. Yeah. Huh. We'd probably actually enjoy it instead of being aggravated with what we watch now <laughs> or what I watch now of it. So Pedro Morales isn't going to get more love from uh, you guys' list, even though he uh, is 619 uh, days? I've seen uh, some of his work there. A great, great technician. Uh, and that's that's where you really define that thing there is, you know, you're going to get that different style. What really stood out to me is you go back to the territory days there in an old McMahon, old man McMahon. Uh, he loved those ethnic, ethnic champions. And where you had Bruno as, you know, in his role there, um, same thing with Morales. You know, he he appeased and he played to the, the strong Puerto Rican demographic that's in that territory. 614 days at that. I mean, by any standard in any era, it's just absolutely crazy with that championship. And it's kind of the same thing with Morocco, like 541 days. But how often were those titles being defended at that point? That's what I'm not sure of. Oh, they're, they're running. I mean, they're, they're running a few times a week in their territory up there. Yeah, that's true. Pedro definitely. And, and, and you look at the demographic up there. I mean, because you got, you know, Bruno, yeah. you got all the Italians behind him. And then you've you got that Puerto Rican demographic up there behind your, your secondary champ. Uh, so no matter if they're running together, running separate, you're drawing on there. And, and that's how that's how they sold that. Pedro Morales is Pedro Morales is the greatest intercontinental champion that I think the greatest intercontinental champions claim is the greatest intercontinental champion. Like all of them. With him, my dad actually used to sell insurance. He used to live in New Jersey, so I love Pedro Morales maybe more than the normal fan, but yes. Well, and you know, for even for us, uh, when we really started, you know, we started watching young, but oh, hell, Morales was out of the game by, what, 87? Right. So <laughs> really yeah, just a lot of people have never much. gotten, you know, where we could talk about guys, you know, like Morocco, Valentine, Tito. We did get to see a lot of their career, so we could respect their in-ring work and re- make that, re- you know, relate that to what they could do as champion. Not necessarily the case here for us. So let's go to somebody a little bit more modern. When people always talk about the IC belt, his name always comes up. I know he would over become overshadowed with the rest of his career and winning many world championships. What about HBK? Shawn Michaels. HBK, absolutely on my list. And But it, it's kind of the Bret Hart thing, right? Like, I have mm-hmm. HBK, like, he's in the top 10, but he's much closer to 10 than he is to number one. Um, where he, the Intercontinental Championship, like, his first reign, I think it was, with the Intercontinental Championship, I thought was really, really good. Like he was being that workhorse on the card. Right. But then it quickly became like, he held the intercontinental championship as a prop as something to elevate him. And then as something to elevate the title, right? Like he, he did a little bit of each inside of all of his different reigns. I have him on the list, but when I think of HBK, it's with the big boy belt, not the IC belt. Uh, it does fall in the same umbrella with Brett there. I, I do have Shawn Michaels higher than Bret Hart. Uh, and it's and this might just be like a, a personal flavor for me. I always like the Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels much more than World Champion Shawn Michaels. Uh, I found the gimmick more appealing. I, I thought he had tremendous heat. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels has left the I, I, He loved all that stuff. I loved his rise. Uh, and, and when you were talking about moments with the Intercontinental Championship, I mean, there's a ladder match with, with Razor. Uh, I mean, it, it to me is just so far ahead of almost anything else. Scott Hall. Oh, what about Razor Ramon? Yeah, I was going to say, what about Razor Ramon? Definitely one of the greatest. Four reigns, 437 days. When you think about the IC title, and at that point, keeping it as the work rate title, keeping it as like that top-notch best match on the card, Ramon, my God, he was great with it. Yeah, Razor Ramon, like w- when I think of guys with the Intercontinental title, Razor Ramon is really, really high on that list. Like He, well, was, he was the man with that belt. And, and, you know, with Razor's runs there, and it was in large part because the audience was so hungry for him to be one of those top, to be a main eventer. You know, unfortunately, they, for obvious reasons internally, they just didn't trust him in that top position. Uh, so this was this was his it, it for him in, in the WWF. And hey, man, I loved Razor. I you know that was you know in that run there, he he was my guy. Every video game he was on, that that's who I was going to. I'd go get the game just just for that. Uh, Razor is incredible. I got him up there near the top of mine. He's awesome. What about a guy that would have a feud with him and have a ton of reigns with it? What about Jeff Jarrett? Does he make the list? Does he count at all? I know it's six reigns, only about 300 days with it, 298 to be exact, but does Jarrett count? Six reigns, pretty good. It kind of feels like this is where we're getting into the hot potato part of the Intercontinental Championship. Like there's There are eras of the Intercontinental Championship, and I kind of feel like we're living in one right now, where that belt just kind of disappears and becomes irrelevant, and it's just a prop that people fight over in the middle of the card. And that's pretty much how I feel about Jeff Jarrett's entire career. I got a ton of respect for Jeff Jarrett. I, I, I tell you, you know, his new shows out there now. I love listening to it because he's got, I mean, a guy knows everything inside and out about this, about this business. He's done, he's seen it all from every perspective. But unfortunately, when it came to that, that in-ring performer, if it's champion or whatever position role he's in, he's, I don't, he's maybe at best that other guy or he's that other, other guy. What about Chris Jericho? Nine reigns, the record holder. Only three hundred eighteen days, though. Um, I, I I think you you said that wrong. That's not entirely accurate. It's ten reigns. Pause. Ten reigns because you're not counting the IWGP. Oh, good, Intercontinental good point. I meant WWF. You're right. Yes, um, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, he held for 209 days in addition to his nine reigns as WWF, WWE no. Intercontinental Champion. Now, now, now come on, Mr. Uh, He's Mr. the GOAT. How many he times, did he, how many times did he defend that thing? Hey, man, that's not his fault, you know, just just because New Japan wanted to book him in some some interesting matches. But uh, he held that belt for 209 days, and it, it was actually a really good title reign for Chris Jericho because when Chris Jericho would appear, it was a big freaking deal in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that absolutely elevated the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. As far as the WWF goes, there are guys that you think of when you think of the intercontinental championship and Chris Jericho is the goat. I mean, nine times he held that freaking title 
And every time it was for a purpose, whether it was to reestablish Jericho, whether it was to elevate Jericho, whether Jericho was holding that belt to get somebody else over and try to elevate them up the card. Jericho's the GOAT, and I, I think he is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, especially when you figure in the IWGP run. I mean, not only is he the greatest intercontinental champion, he held two intercontinental championships. Two companies. But only 318 days, so very short runs in those. Even if you had that answer, it's, it's 500 days, but 10 but yeah, I think it, days has changed. I think you got to look at that, too, and Jorge made some incredible points there. You look at Jericho inside of himself has been the ultimate evolution inside of pro wrestling, how he's been able to reinvent himself. But in this case, representing, you know, the go-to man with the IC title, just not reinventing himself, helping, you know, evolve, elevate and reinvent others and using that as that intercontinental championship as that pivot point for himself to just not redirect his own career, but so many others inside of that case. And when he went to New Japan and, and took that championship, to me, that was that was such a defining moment in Jericho's career where it entered him just not into a conversation about greatest intercontinental champions, but greatest just pro wrestlers. I remember going back, you know, when Hitting the Marks was the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, and we were talking about this, that Jericho goes into that conversation now because he's a guy that goes where he wants, when he wants, and does whatever the hell he wants. And you didn't get very few in pro wrestling can do that. Uh, you know, right now, if he would walk out of the doors at AEW, he could go anywhere in the world. And it's especially he'd go right back. He could call Vince and they would have him signed and he would be on whatever shows the next one is. Oh, we've got tomorrow SmackDown. He would be wherever the hell he wanted to be because he's on that level and he's that damn good. And it was so smart for Jericho, too. Like, you could have brought Chris Jericho into New Japan Pro Wrestling and sent him directly after Kazuchika Okada and go after the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. No, he goes after the Intercontinental title because he's held the Intercontinental title nine times. And now he can brag about how he's done it inside of two companies. And it, everything, it, you look at the, the demo god Chris Jericho now, and you can trace that all the way back to the Lionheart Chris Jericho that we saw in WCW and ECW. Everything is just an evolution of the character, but he's still that same guy. He still wanted the Intercontinental title because that's the title that he is most synonymous well, is, Now, we've seen people hold both of the heavyweight championships. Has anyone ever held both of, both of those Intercontinental championships? Is Jericho the first? I think Jericho... Is he's the first or second? Was MVP ever Intercontinental Champion? No, U.S. Champion. U.S. Champion. So yeah, I guess Jericho would be the only one. Okay. See, and it, it, I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it here, but you know, I always thought it was, was so brilliant inside of going for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship is that Jericho knew no matter what, if it's just politics, if the WWE would eventually push Miz as in, you know, to take the break the record and have the most reigns as Intercontinental Gym, because he, he's floating around there. He's just a couple away, right? That Jericho could always hang his hat on. Well, you only did it in one company, buddy, and I did it in two of the world's biggest. I take it back. The greatest IWGP Intercontinental Champion of all time is the Great Buddha. So, oh, okay. What he's about making a did a run in here for us? What about uh, Naito? Does does he make your list? 
I, you know, Tetsuya Naito has six reigns as IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Um, and the thing about Naito is I don't know if he's the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, but he has the greatest story with the Intercontinental Championship of all time. Like when he was dragging around the IWGP Intercontinental Championship and throwing it up against walls and ramming it into ring posts because he hated that championship for taking away his Wrestle Kingdom main event. And he blamed the whole thing on the Intercontinental Championship. That is one of the greatest stories in the history of professional wrestling. He had a feud with the belt. And it was fantastic. It was incredible. And I loved every second of it. And then when he was the guy that was trying to save the Intercontinental Championship so that it wouldn't go away when Kota Ibushi merged it with the IWGP Heavyweight Championship to create the World Heavyweight Championship. I mean, it was just so poetic that Naito, of all people, is coming to the defense of the IWGP Intercontinental Championship and then he fails because it's Tetsuya Naito and he, he chokes in big moments. And that's kind of become his new story now that the Intercontinental Championship is gone. But the story of Naito and the IWGP IC title is one of the greatest things in the history of pro wrestling. Nobody will ever change my mind. What about Nakamura? Does he make your list? Shinsuke is he hold, on my list is he, too. Is he held both? Yes. Yeah, oh, so yeah. There we go. Yep. So that yep. answers the question, yeah. Yep. He, he did it the other way around. He held yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. first. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura five reigns with the Intercontinental Championship and, and one wow. WWF reign for two hundred days. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, it, okay, okay. I thought you were. Talking he's talking about New Japan. Japan. All yeah. right, because you had me off. I was like, damn, they are hot potato. And <laughs> no. I mean, but but Shinsuke, it, it's interesting because we talk about Macho Man and what he did with the Intercontinental Championship here in the United States. That's exactly what Shinsuke Nakamura meant to the Intercontinental Championship in Japan, he headlined the Tokyo Dome with the Intercontinental Championship. He's the guy that took away that moment from Tetsuya Naito when Nakamura was Intercontinental Champion. Um, and at that time, the prestige of that belt was right on par with the IWGP Championship. And that was strictly because of the work that Nakamura was putting in. I, I do have Nakamura and Naito both on my list, but just outside of the top five. What about, I mentioned it before, The Rock. Two reigns, 339 days. I know it's not like a great sample size, but does the rest of his career overshadow the fact that he was IC champion? I think, you know, I, I said this to you, in a conversation this week as we're talking about, you know, just back and forth about IC champions and that. I, I feel like The Rock was that last... I don't want to say great because there was because when Jericho goes back and he's and he's using the title to pivot and all that, but The Rock was maybe that last memorable. Damn, that's a good run as an IC champion. Yeah. Yep. Really? Yeah. It's that's, really. He might have the last long run. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And what that meant, and you know, and you know, representing, you know, what the nation stood for, and have the Rock, you know, emerge there as the, the young prodigy that we're that we're going to see. And they changed the belt to that smaller belt too, which I didn't care for. And you had you had that good program. I mean, that thing was hot there with with Triple H and that mid card when you, you and, it, and what they had going on absolutely to me rivaled the main event scene. 
and, and you saw those two growing together and, and it would lay that foundation, you know, and I want it just doesn't add into, you know, where I place Rocky, but you know, you got that round, that goal around to establish these two that would become such tremendous foes. And we, we revisit that later for the world championship, but rock also falls under, you know, that, that, that umbrella of heart and Michael's, I remember Rocky, die Rocky, you know, I, I remember Rocky as the Intercontinental Champion, uh, but it's so far behind what everything else he was able to do. That was the rocket ship. That was that, that was the one that let you know that you had to start paying attention to the rock, like that they saw him as a champion. And it was really the first time that we got to see him in that role. And, and rock of all the guys of like the last 20, 25 years, like his character changes when he is a champion. Like he just has that aura about him that he, he plays champion very, very well. And this was the first time that we got to see it. I felt like that's, this was the rocket that pushed rock up the card. Just some other names to throw out there. I don't necessarily think they're the greatest, but they had many, either many runs or, or long as far as days with the title, Jeff Hardy, Dolph Ziggler, Wade Barrett, and then the guy who's number two on the all-time list at 597 days, eight title reigns, The Miz, shockingly. Shockingly? What is so shocking about that? I realized it was 600 days with eight reigns. I just, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of days and a lot of reigns. I, when people think of the Intercontinental Championship inside of this modern era, it's going to be The Miz. And like the Miz is trying to pull the honky tonk man thing, right? Like he is mm -hmm. trying to turn a work into a shoot and he's doing a hell of a job at it because when's the last time the intercontinental championship was relevant. It was when it was on the Miz's shoulder and it's every time the Miz gets a hold of that title, it feels significant. He elevates that title and that title elevates the Miz I think the Miz is top three intercontinental champions of all time at this point. I'd like to, I'd like to compare scenarios just before you said it is, is you're kind of laying out, you know, what the Miz, what he brings to the table, what he is. Uh, he really is a modern, modern day honky tonk man. Uh, he's, he yeah. goes out there. He's going to give performance. He gets that heat. He's, and, and you tune in. I love to see him get punched in the face. He's <laughs> just one of those guys and to think of where the Miz has come from, it's almost shocking that, yes, that he's had that accomplishment, that he's still around, you know, that he has been able to survive the, the shark infested waters that is WWE for as long as he has. And that's a testament to the dedication and the passion that he's had for, for pro wrestling. He is a great bullshit artist. That's what he is. He could in, convince, in Mar convince Maurice like to run. marry him. Yeah, in every aspect. He's a great bullshit artist. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would say what hurts is we're talking about these shorter reigns and the hot potato for the modern, as we get into the guys that are still active that we're talking about here, what really hurt the importance of the Intercontinental Championship was the introduction of the United States Championship, of the hardcore champion. When you start bringing in all these other mid-card titles, you start to lose the luster of, of your crown for the mid card. So is there anybody that we didn't mention that's on your list, Dr. Jargo? Um, I've got three that we haven't talked about on my list. Uh, number one is the American nightmare. Cody one rain, 236 days. 
Um, pretty impressive. And he's the guy that brought back the vintage Intercontinental Championship that we all knew and loved as a kid, more importantly. And mm -hmm. I thank you for that, Mr. Rhodes. Owen Hart, I have on my list, two mm -hmm. reigns at 136 days. But when I think of Owen, I think of the Slammies in the Intercontinental Championship, right? Like Owen with all the gold. Like it, it just, it, it felt synonymous with Owen Hart. And then I do have honorable mention Two reigns, 64 days to China. Um, I, I, I think you have to put China on the list as well. And, and that also kind of plays into the Jericho story, too. You're not going to throw in Dean Douglas at uh, less than a day? He, he didn't make the list? I, I, <laughs> unfortunately, no. He did not make my list. Uh, what about British Bulldog? I know it was only about 60 days or 59 days for the titles to see. A lot of people think of SummerSlam 92, but didn't quite have the reign, but at least he's very memorable as far as being the IC champion. That is a good one. That is a good one. It, you know, what's, what's, what's talking about what's shocking is that he didn't get a longer reign or, or extended or more runs in that position. I think that he had some demons at that point that were going to get exposed, and that's probably why it didn't happen. Well, and you look, and really now I think you you look at the the roster and where we're heading at certain points in his career, uh, where he obviously the demons come into play, but yeah, he was definitely taking those back seats and then being moved down. And of course, very very short reign, but very memorable. The Mountie, another short reign. Texas Tornado. Texas Tornado had the belt for about three months, but still memorable because that time period, I feel like it just felt more important. And I got to mention, just want to mention Rowdy Roddy Piper, just because it's crazy as hell. Like one of the biggest names, the biggest stars of all time came in, won the IC belt. Never really came in, but came back, won the IC belt. It's like, wow, that's kind of weird. Him as IC champion. It's like a main event of forever. Hogan! And, then and then putting bread over. <laughs> his it. only, his, his only WWE championship. Yeah. Well, he does eventually win the tag title years later with Rick. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that really counts per se that were the Royal Tag Titles, but still, that him not being the world champion, the IC champion, it's shocking looking back. But did an awesome job putting over Brett at a uh, WrestleMania. You know what? And Piper wanted that spot because he wanted to help elevate Brett, but it, it was mm -hmm. it was rather weird seeing him with with championship gold. Yeah, it, I mean, he's so magnificent. He was one of those guys that truly never needed it, uh, didn't want it. So, Dr. Jargo, is Jericho the greatest lightning champ? Are you going to change that? Who's the greatest? It, it, it's Y2J. It's the Lionheart. It's the Painmaker. It, it, it's Monday Night Jericho. No question about it in my mind. Rick, who you got? Uh, I am going with, uh, I'm going to go old school here. I'm looking at the guy that, that really took that belt, and you felt it was main event. Uh, his box office were a hit. He's selling out, you know, with his tours, uh, the Macho Man. Nice. I'm going to totally go uh, generic here. Maybe just to piss off Jargo a bit. But to me, I'm not going to change it because I went in thinking about it. The greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time is the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, the Hunky Tonk Man. He is synonymous with that belt, whether you love it or not, and he probably prefers that you not. So to me, I just, I don't know. I, I got to go honky. Although I agree, Jericho is awesome, and I almost wanted to go Macho Man. Mr. Perfect, Macho Man, Honky Tonk, are like to, to me, and then Jericho, very, very, but very close. I know Rick is not happy. Jargo is pissed with Honky Tonk Man, but I'm going well, I was going to say, uh, what, what, was, what, was your, what is your top three then, Jargo, if you, in the, in the yeah. order there? Um, I would go, hmm. Jericho, 
perfect <laughs> and probably macho rick uh I'd go macho perfect jericho i do i do honky macho perfect jericho and then a fifth guy if i had to pick a fifth guy i don't know actually i might have to go brett i'm not sure but uh, yeah, those would definitely be my, my top guys. I just uh, love the old school icy belt, the the look of it, and obviously when they went to that smaller one in the Attitude Era, kind of lost its luster to me. I know that then they would hot potato the shit out of it, but lost its luster to me at that point. I th- I think if I'm going even four deep, I got to put Naito up there. Oh, whoa. I just the the story of Naito with that belt just com- it completely changed both the character and the belt. I feel like um, Dean Douglas, po- politics and stuff aside, he would have fit that bill as like that worker. You know what I mean? Like that IC belt, the guy who yeah, kind of like, like the Owen role or the Jeff Jarrett role. He could have fit, fit that, but politics be damned. And then right? we never, we never got to, uh, we never got to see that kind of play out a little bit more. But just, a, just a food for thought. Uh, but let's head to the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com. Of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. And since uh, Jericho is such a big Chris Jericho fan, you can check out my new interview with Chris Jericho that just dropped today. Technically, when you're listening to this, yesterday. See, Paz, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to set up this entire show just as a, so that you could get in that plug, <laughs> and then you have to go and pick the freaking honky-tonk, man. I mean, oh, I mean, it's Jericho. I, I, I changed my mind. It's Jericho. Jargo, what do you got for plugs? Uh, you can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Follow the brands, hittingthemarks.com, destinopod.com, hackerhameen.podbean.com, all kinds of dot-coms. Hell, even michaeljargo.com. We, we don't have that hackerhameen.podbeam.com anymore. We've been silenced. We've been banned, so we stopped paying them. Uh, but we do oh, have... Oh, yeah, it's Hameen Media Group. We do have, yes, that's that's for the affiliates, but for the, uh, the the flagship programs there with the Hameen Media Group, those are available for free. They're free on uh, Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. Uh, also in the process of switching things over to the Realm Network is that exciting project is taking off. I know Mr. Russo uh, was very excited with the recent announcement to his first, the first new show that'll be joining as they start expanding in the different arms and branches uh, that you're going to be able to, the different forms of entertainment and podcasting you're going to catch over on Realm. But for me personally, you keep up with uh, the art of the B to the Richard Brownson Victory across all social media at the Real RBV and starting Monday, the 12th here in Cincinnati, it is Burger Week. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm getting geared up for last year. I did 17. I'm going to try to do 20 burgers in one week this year. Good God. Some serious hot beef injections, baby. All right. Awesome stuff. As always, uh, Jar- Jar- who, real quick before you get in here, Jar- who in today's world and not, not prof- doesn't have to be professional wrestling. Uh, it could be anywhere politics, any forms of media entertainment. Who do you think has the most honky heat today? Hmm. Rudy Giuliani. Jake Paul. Oh, nice. Yes, both both good honkies. Just a little funny thing. Uh, Sullivan, Kevin Sullivan always refers to both Jake Paul and Logan Paul as John Paul Logan. Don't know why. 
<laughs> don't oh. know. I don't know where that comes from. Anytime he's like, "Oh, did you see John Paul Logan versus Floyd Mayweather? Oh, did you see Ben Askren versus uh, John Paul Logan?" I just I can't stop. I was like, "What? That? Where did that come from?" Like, you know, okay. <laughs> if you if you told Logan Paul that, he would probably come to the ring for his next fight dressed as a priest. Oh, nice! I like that. Great heel heat. Great heel heat. He, he's all about it. Yeah. Yep. yep. Hey, they built their whole uh, empire on that. So anyway, as we uh, digress here, thank you everybody for tuning in this week. We'll see you right back here next week for a little bit of who is. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. <laughs>